Hey, teacher friend, I got to tell you, one of the things I worked most hard on in the last 10 years and feel most successful over is my ability to set healthier boundaries. Has anybody ever told you, oh, your life would be easier. You would feel so much more in control of your time and energy if only you set better boundaries. Like what the heck does that mean? I mean, I knew I was saying yes too much to requests from admins, requests from parents, but setting boundaries, expressing your needs, your preferences, your non-negotiables goes so beyond just those two things. And so I worked really hard on understanding what areas of my life did I need to set better boundaries in and what does that look like? And so I want to share that knowledge with you. I found I had so many boundary blind spots. There were just areas in my life that I didn't even realize where I was struggling was due to a lack of setting boundaries. So I created this resource just for educators like you to help you identify your boundary setting blind spots. It's an old style. It's like a quiz. It's confidential. You go, you download the PDF, you answer the questions, you find your rating, and then you see some tangible steps that you could take to do a better job in this area. I always say with awareness comes choice. Let me help you become aware of where you could be doing a better job with this. Okay. It's 100% free. It won't take you hardly any time. Again, it's confidential. You're doing it in your own home. So go to gracestevens.com forward slash quiz. That is Stevens with a V. So one more time, gracestevens.com forward slash quiz, download the quiz, figure out your blind spots, get some actionable steps to what you could be doing next. This might be the missing piece for you. Get your quiz today and be on the way to setting better boundaries starting tomorrow. All right, teacher friends, here we go. Before I get started on today's episode, I just want to mention something. I just got back from um, giving a presentation at the California Teacher Association. It was their new educator weekend, fabulous event. So wonderful to see so many, you know, shiny, bright-eyed new educators, some of whom, you know, already a few months in are looking a little overwhelmed. But anyway, I was giving a presentation on hacking um, the school um, life balance myth and the feedback I got was, hey, nobody ever talks about this stuff. We really needed this. So all that to say, you know, you may or may not know that what I'm actually known for Uh, mostly is my book, Positive Mindset Habits for Teachers. Um, Love that book. Love that so many people have found that book, that some teacher colleges make it required reading. You know, fantastic. There's a follow-up coming up to us soon. Great. But, you know, Positive Mindset Habits for Teachers. And here we are. Here I am with another episode. And I'm going to be talking about compassion fatigue and teacher burnout. And, you know, it might feel like, well, that's not terribly positive, is it? No, it isn't. But it is the facts and it is the stuff that people need to know about with the idea of being empowered. It doesn't need to be that way. Remember my whole ECHO framework? That I mentioned, probably not enough, that your energy teaches more than your lesson plans, right? That's the first piece of it. And the last piece of it is other teachers' experience doesn't need to be your experience. So just because this industry, not industry, profession, shall we say, is just rife with burnout, 
it doesn't need to be that way. It's an occupational hazard. Okay, we need to be vigilant. We need to accept that. We need to be proactive. You know, every year we watch those videos, those training videos that insurance makes us watch if we're in public school on bloodborne pathogens, on, you know, inappropriate comments, like six hours the last year I was teaching of, of this stuff that we'd heard year in, year out. You know, what? I've never been attacked by a bloodborne pathogen, okay? Um, what no one addresses is the fact that compassion fatigue is real. Vicarious trauma is real. Burnout is real. It will impact your mental, emotional, physical health. It will ruin your relationships. It will make you want to quit teaching or worse, you will stay in teaching burnt out. And that's just a bad idea for everybody involved, right? So in this episode, all this to say <laughs> that even though it sounds negative, there is a positive in there. How, what can we do? How can we overcome it? But I feel that a lot of educators do not understand the difference between compassion fatigue and teacher burnout. They're different um, animals. They have different causes. They have many of the same symptoms, but they have different causes and so different things that we need to do to feel empowered to control them. So that's where we're going with this. Buckle up, I promise there will be something in here for everybody and you'll end up feeling more empowered than when we started. Welcome to the Balance Your Teacher Life podcast, where we talk all things avoiding educator burnout, setting healthy boundaries and achieving better work-life balance. If you're passionate about education, but tired of it consuming your whole life, you have found your home in the podcast universe. I'm your host, Grace Stevens, and let's get going with today's show. Okay, so let's get going with some definitions. What is burnout? You probably know, but let's define it. It is a syndrome of chronic, chronic workplace stress. It's characterized by, you know, exhaustion, cynicism, feelings of reduced effectiveness, you start to feel hopeless. Um, but the word here is chronic. It's not having a bad day or having a bad week because those all happen. It's when it just keeps going and going that way and you feel like it's never going to get any better, right? So you have physical symptoms, right? You're just exhausted, Right, you're irritable, but you, there is a lot of emotional systems um, symptoms. Right, you're starting to take things personally. You're not being as effective. Right, um, you um, have less patience with kids. You're low key resentful. Right, you got the Sunday scaries. You're like, oh gosh, I this again. Right, it's just a horrible place to be. If you were um, if you listen to last week's episodes, it was fantastic episodes where I talked with um, Kaylee Lefko from Educom and she did a whole really good um, description of co-regulation, right? That's that my whole piece about your energy teaches more than your lesson plans. When you show up um, your best self and you're excited to be in class and you believe in students' potential, um, the day goes better. They they feed off your energy. They feel safe. They feel secure and um, they behave better. So you have better energy, right? There's less, you know, craziness to manage. We call that 
a virtuous circle, right? One good thing feeds off another. Did you know that that's the opposite? A virtuous circle is the opposite of a vicious circle. You know what that looks like? You show up and you're short-tempered and you're irritable and you're kind of resentful about being there and the kids know that energy. They don't know what to expect. Um, they start to test the waters. They don't feel secure, right? They start messing around. Um, you respond, you know, taking it personally. You know how that is just a bad day in the classroom, right? It's just no fun. So, all right. So those are some of the um, symptoms, right? But what causes burnout? I mean, you, like I said, you, you probably all know what burnout is, but it isn't, again, it's chronic, right? But it is due to prolonged work overload, constant stress, a lack of work-life balance, a lack of resources, right? Sometimes we feel that the system, you know, we're set up to fail. How could one person probably do, possibly do all this, right? It's a system problem, right? That's how I think of burnout. It's a system problem. Are there things you can do? Sure. That's what this whole podcast is about, right? Setting better boundaries, um, taking um, balance, all the things, right? Okay. But Burnout is really based to a system. Compassion fatigue, which is also sometimes known as um, secondary or vicarious trauma, is something different. It has a lot of the same symptoms we'll talk about, but it might be a term you're not familiar with. It was coined first by the psychologist Charles Fingley in 1995, which is, you know, pretty recent. He did a study, um, compassion fatigue, coping with secondary traumatic stress disorder in those who treat the traumatized, right? I put the that link at the bottom to, to, to um, cite all that. But anyway, in his book, what he described, um, and I'm going to say verbatim is the, the definition he gives is that compassion fatigue is the natural consequent behaviors and emotions resulting from knowing about a traumatizing event experienced by a significant other, right? So we know what PTSD is. Like, so let's say that, you know, um, you've, but teachers have PTSD. Let's say we've been in a classroom and something really bad has happened, right? We have post-traumatic stress disorder, right? It's something that happened to us. But what if we have students in our classroom who have gone through so much trauma, right? They're homeless. They've been abused. They have PTSD themselves. I, it's, I don't even need to tell you the thing. Well, our classes are, are populated, unfortunately, with students who have trauma, who self-harm, who do all these things, right? And when compassion fatigue sets in, it is as a result of we can't emotionally disconnect from that, right? We see so much of it. So in his research, Figley really talked about um, the populations that it most impacts, understandably enough, is going to be healthcare workers. Like I just, I could never work in a hospital. I couldn't watch people die every day. Um, vets, same thing. I could not euthanize pets for a, for a living. I just couldn't do it, right? Um, healthcare workers, vets, first responders, Right. Um, but also educators. Okay. 
um, that it is very hard for us. And I um, coach people on this a lot. And I tell them that there's no point in leaving work and being all proud of yourself that you went home and you didn't even take that, you know, huge trolley of papers to great home with you. But what you did take home with you was all the emotional stress and trauma that you've absorbed from your students that is literally making you sick, right? You're having increased anxiety. You're starting to dread work. Um, you're being hyper vigilant, right? You know what that is? You're just like, you know, it's what I call safety patrol. Like you're looking around for all the danger, right? And it can have, you know, mood changes. It sucks the joy out of you, but it can also really sadly decrease empathy, right? And then you start to feel guilty about the fact that you're kind of going numb, like you just can't even take in anymore. When we're consuming trauma from a, you know, a fire hose at a certain point, it has very negative effects on us, but it can also cause us to literally get desensitized to it, right? So that's a different issue, okay? So it's caused by high exposure to student trauma or abuse um, or challenging behaviors without us having the appropriate coping skills or training training on how to deal with that. So that is not a system problem, systemic problem. It's more an environmental and a situational problem, right? And the overriding emotion there before you start going numb is you start feeling helpless. Okay. So there's the difference. They have a lot of the same kind of symptoms, right? They both involve exhaustion, you know, distress, decreased joy, depression. You know, it can lead to really poor professional performance. It's very, um, you know, damaging just on your mental, emotional, physical health, your relationships. It's just bad, right? Um, the difference is though, compassion fatigue is triggered by secondary exposure to other people's trauma, right? Where burnout stems from organization system level workplace stress. Okay. Compassion fatigue can develop rapidly. It can be like PTSD, burnout kind of growing over time, over time, right? You know that you're starting to get burnt out. And if you're not vigilant and if you're not proactive, again, it's an occupational hazard. It's not something, it's not a weakness. It's not like, oh my gosh, um, you know, you should have better coping, sk coping skills. We all know that the word self-care has been weaponized, right? Oh, you need better self-care. Like somehow educators are just careless. We can be bothered. We're lazy not to take care of ourselves. Not that the system is so crazy that there is no time for that unless we're very intentional and very proactive about it. Okay, so let's talk about, oh my gosh, the doom and gloom. Sorry about all that. But I think it is important to know the difference between the two because the strategies are going to be different depending on what you have. So here's the first mistake that I see people make. Okay, paying attention. If you are, you know, doing four or five different things right now, as we tend to do, stop and listen up. Here's the mistake people are making. And that is, well, there are two things. One is, they think it's just going to go away. I'll just ride it out. It'll go away. I've, it's been a bad week. Start, they feel disempowered, feel there's nothing they can do about it. They just got to sit around and wait for the circumstances to change. Okay, so that's mistake number one. 
Number two is just compounding the problem by feeling shame around it, right? By feeling embarrassment and shame and seeing it as some kind of personality flaw that you cannot handle this, um, starting to feel insecure that maybe you have chosen the wrong profession and that somehow you are deficient. Okay, so that's mistake number two. And with all the love in my heart that I have, I want to tell you, you are not deficient. The system is struggling and you need to take back your power. And there are things you can do, but to compound the problem by adding shame to it, thinking that is something you're doing or not doing. Again, it's an occupational hazard. You know how OSHA um, has up the, um, you know, the posters, you know, I used to work in, um, in an industry that had, um, we used to send employees to different places and, you know, risk management, which is a nice way of saying, you know, safety patrol um, was very big. And, you know, there would be a list of the hazards on the wall. Maybe you're working in a place with toxic chemicals. Maybe you're working in a place with, you know, very dangerous machinery. It will be posted on the wall. These are the occupational hazards. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the vicarious trauma and burnout are occupational hazards in the teaching education profession. So take the shame out of the equation. Okay, take the shame out of it. Okay, so what can you do? Okay, so the other mistake is thinking you can't do anything about it or just waiting till it goes away. It will get worse. (laughs) Um, unless you do something about it. I mean, you know, spring break is coming up or winter break is coming up and you have yourself a a break, that can certainly help, right? A little distance, a little time, a little perspective. Okay, but here are some things that I'm going to say right away. Here are some things you can do right away. One, talk to somebody, right? You are not alone. And if you feel alone and if you're feeling shame and you're feeling like you don't want to be negative Nelly on campus and burden your teammates, you don't want to be, you know, seen as that person who's always complaining and toxically negative, then you need to talk to somebody outside of your school. You know, not your family. They already know you're exhausted and irritable and not sleeping and not eating and not prioritizing your mental health or being present with them. They already know that. So talk to somebody. Most schools, especially if you work in a public school with a union, there is going to be an employee assistance program, EAP. Go ask your human resources. Do we have an employee assistance program? Basically, that means for free, you can talk to a licensed therapist. Okay, so um, talk therapy is not to be underrated. Um, I am not a therapist. Um, I'm a coach. I'm something different. But um, go find someone who you can talk to. Okay, don't carry the burden by yourself. That's the first thing. Second thing, learn some skills. We are not taught these skills. That's what this whole podcast is about. How to avoid burnout. It's It would be better to avoid burnout than to have to overcome it. How are we going to avoid it? We're going to learn to set boundaries, right? On our time, on our space, on our energy, on our emotions. We're going to learn to separate school from home, right? We're going to figure out a way to prioritize true self-care and balance, okay? These are all important things, okay? And that's all things that you can learn listening to this podcast, 
Um, I have courses. I have a whole course on separating school from home, um, balancing your teacher life. It's the course that this podcast was named after, setting boundaries, all the things, self-study course, super affordable. You know, we're not taught this stuff in schools, so I decided to teach it. So there's a resource for you right there, but there's also plenty of other free resources. Okay, Um, number three, get to know the professionals. This will really help you with not feeling so powerless when it comes to dealing with student trauma. Um, I know schools are massively underfunded, um, but every school district somewhere, even if not designated just to your school, is going to have school counsellors, psychologists, social workers, um, behaviourists, right? Your local county is going to have some mental health resources um, that people can um, and students can get referred to if the school counsellor really cannot, you know, take on any more people, um, any more students. That's shocking. That's atrocious. It shouldn't be that way, but it might very well be that way. Um, then get to know some other resources so you don't feel so powerless, right? It shouldn't always be on your shoulders to fix everything. Your job is to educate students. Of course, part of that is providing a safe environment for students, an environment where students feel valued, secure, respected, Um, have high expectations from them. But we all know, like, they can't learn if they're worried about all these other things happening in their lives. So have some resources at your fingertips. Okay, let's summarize. The similarities between burnout and vicarious secondary trauma, right? They both involve exhaustion, distress, decreased joy, um, they can lead to depression, they leading to you feeling like you're no good at your job, not caring, feeling like you don't make an impact anymore, right? Um, they require self-care strategies, professional help, environmental changes. We all know, you know, the system needs to change, but that's not something we can, you know, fix today, right? But the difference is the compassion fatigue is triggered by someone else's trauma, usually a student's trauma. Right. Whereas burnout comes from like organization, system level, workplace stress. Okay, so those are the differences. The thing, the takeaway, the takeaway, my friends, please. The takeaway is don't compound the problem by being um, embarrassed or feeling shame around this or feeling that it's because you are deficient. The system is deficient, okay? We've got to be proactive. It is a workplace hazard that we need to be aware of. Um, and don't add shame to this kind of a whole trauma burnout, you know. But don't panic. You, you can all have a bad day. Listen, I'm going <laughs> to, so I'll tell you a quick story. Um, there was a particular day I was new in a district um, it was very different than what I had been used to doing. There, let's just say there were a number of compounding effects that were making it very um, stressful for me teaching at that time. And um, it was early in the morning. I was on my way. I checked an email and a lovely lady reached out to me and she said, would you please be on my podcast? Um, you know, and she wanted to talk about my book, Positive Mindset Habits for Teachers. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love to do that. Get to school. Things really unravel. 
And lo and behold, you know, it's lunchtime and I'm literally in a fetal position under the desk crying. I've got the blinds closed because I don't want students looking in and seeing me, you know, hiding under the desk. There was literally nowhere else for me to go. Um, and have my little meltdown. You know, a lot of teachers maybe go in their um, car and cry. You know, I walked to school. <laughs> I didn't even have my car to sit in. And as I'm under there, like spiraling, like wondering, oh my gosh, the bell's going to go in a minute. I've got to put on the sunglasses because now I got like, you know, my makeup. I look like I have raccoon eyes. Um, and I'm thinking, talk about imposter syndrome. Like they want me to go and talk about being positive. But at the same time, I'm like, listen, it was an epically bad day. Um, some things had gone wrong when I went home, you know, wash my face, think about it. How can I make this different tomorrow? Um, and I did manage to change it around and I didn't panic that like, oh, I'm burnt out. It's like, no, I was having a bad day. I was having a bad week. It, it happens. Okay. So if that's you, if you find yourself, uh, crying in your car, you're not alone. You're not alone. But just remember for every moment that you have crying in your car, there are moments of joy and connection and magic that happen in a classroom, right? That's what you got to hold on to. All right. I believe in you. I know that you can work through these. If you need any help with any of this, you know, send me an email. Let me point you in the right direction. Share this podcast with a friend. Even that'll make you help you feel more empowered to think let's get this conversation out there. Let's people acknowledge that this is a real issue. Um, You are not suffering alone. Okay, with that, my friends, I will leave you and we will chat next week. Okay, teacher friend, I have something special for you. It is a free copy of my best-selling Positive Mindset Habit Journal for teachers. This is a six-week version of the Best Love Journal. It is a PDF download. It helps you practice flexing your happy muscle with scientifically validated little habits geared towards the teaching day. You put it on your desk. You spend five minutes working on it before you go home. It is transformational, I promise you. To get it, go to gracestevens.com forward slash journal. Come on, how easy is that? Grace Stevens, Stevens with a V, S-T-E-V-E-N-S dot com forward slash journal. You can get the six week version right now for free. My gift for you. It is well used, well loved by so many teachers, and I'm so happy to gift it to you. So go grab it right now. And even better than that, go tell a friend, share this episode with a friend, tell them to go get their own version of the journal, have an accountability buddy. That's when the magic will happen. podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode.